a guy that I think we should all be talking about a little more, especially with the matchup coming up, is Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who found himself making some big plays in the game against the Raiders there, set up a couple of those Travis Kelsey touchdowns through some long gains, got himself 15 fantasy points, and now... Kansas City goes on to take on Buffalo, where we know there are going to be, as you say, points aplenty. I think Scantling, who is still available in about 50% of leagues, 50 to 55, should be a guy not only that you go out and pick up, but I would say he belongs in lineups. Some people may look and say, Andrew, you know, Buffalo is allowing the sixth fewest points. You just said Corey Davis isn't in because of how well the Packers are playing opposing wide receivers, and yet we're supposed to trust MVS to do the same against a stiffer matchup and while you're right they have not run into a team quite like Kansas City of course there are no teams really outside of Buffalo itself that are like Kansas City but Pittsburgh just had over 200 yards to its wide receivers on 17 catches that was with Kenny Pickett under center as well so you got to adjust and say I think KC is going to put up a few more points than that. So MVS would be a guy that I think should be in your fantasy lineups this week. That's leading fantasy analyst and expert, Andrew Jordan. Week six of the NFL season is here. And for the first time this year, we've got teams on a bye. How does that impact your roster? Well, fear not. As always with the Transatlantic Sports Show, Andrew and I take a look at the names who are floating in between the bench and your starting spots. You know who your solid starters are, but we're going to help you make the right choices to get you those points that'll get you in the win column. And with players out, Andrew has his list of waiver wire targets. I'm Anthony Woolton, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Hey, Andrew. Anthony, how are you? Not too bad. Feeling a bit funny this week because we've had two weeks of NFL action to look forward to here in London. Now we've got to wait two weeks for the next slot, and then it's done, unfortunately. But we're blessed to have these NFL games over here. And I think the first game was a a pretty exciting ending. Last week's was, you know, it was what it was. Aaron Rodgers was over. I think he was more on holiday than he was playing on the field but still <laughs> i think that is a fair recap of uh of, of the first two london experiences this season that vikings game was great i mean it was it was wonderful you know anything that goes down to the wire like that I, that's the real you know it's it's nice for people who don't get to maybe experience it in person all the time to get like the full experience of a uh a last second blunder by one staff and you know it, there, there's your football experience a last second double doink. Welcome to the NFL. <laughs> I was thinking oh. about you guys out there on the East Coast on Sunday, actually. I was, I was sat watching the Packers and the Giants warm up, and it was a nice October sunshine, and thinking, yeah, it's a lovely afternoon. It's great that we get the experience of an afternoon game because obviously all your one o'clock games are six o'clock in the evening mm-hmm. over here. But then I was thinking, like, what's it like having. An NFL game live at 9.30 in the morning. It's the first time I have felt like I was living on the West Coast uh, in the States here because they get a lot of 
morning football like that. And I, I, I love it. There's I, I very much enjoy a nice slow morning ritual, get up, make my coffee, make my tea, whatever I'm having that day and breakfast. Being able to sit down to football with breakfast what it is a delightful experience. You know what? Uh, it takes me back to the first time I went to San Francisco. Unfortunately, the schedule makers didn't follow our holiday plans. So we were in San Francisco, but the Niners were on the road. They were on the road to oh. the Chiefs. This is back in 2010. Thankfully, the Niners came over to London that season and played the Denver Broncos at Wembley Stadium. Tim Tebow scored a touchdown in that game. Oh, my goodness. Hey, uh, we're, we're, we're reaching back on that one. That's great. Reaching back. Oh, we had Frank Gore run one in, though. That's great. You know, we've seen Frank a couple of times over here, and he scored a touchdown. He enjoyed Wembley Stadium. But, yeah, my wife and I, we got up, and we, uh, we had brunch in San Francisco, and the game was on. It was on the TV. I mean, the Niners stunk. They were really bad in 2010, and they lost on the road to the Chiefs. But uh, that was my experience of watching Niners football but in the morning, you know, watching Niners <laughs> yeah. football is a, is an evening thing. We're blessed this weekend that the Niners are on at 6 o'clock in the evening over here. They're the Sky Sports game. <laughs> Normally it's 9.05, 9.25, and I'm watching them till past midnight. Yeah, yeah. It is It is a delightful little thing. I got to tell you, I could get used to that. If everybody had a London game each week, I'd be up at 9 a.m. every single, you know, I'd, I'd be up at 7 a.m. to get everything done so I'm ready for 9. Well, as you heard on the Transatlantic Sports Show last week, if Roger Goodell is to believe, we can expect uh, a European division at some point soon. I mean, share your thoughts on that. Feel free to reach out to us at T-A-S-S underscore UK on Twitter. And check out the Packers and Giants podcast, the uh, the recap. And you can hear mm-hmm. quite a few people. I spoke to uh, Germans. There was a French person, Americans, and, of course, British to get their perspective, their thoughts on that announcement from Roger Goodell. I spoke to Neil Reynolds outside uh, before the game against the Packers and mentioned that and said, you know, kudos to you. Well done for getting that line from uh, Goodell. And he said, I mean, it was completely off the cuff. That was Goodell. There was nothing prepped, nothing planned. It was legitimately Roger Goodell on the spot. He'd opened up and he'd put that out there. So it must be... On the radar, of course, they got to do the due diligence. But interesting, isn't it that that's that's on the radar? It could happen. I I, I really love it, and especially that you know we talk about the you know the the world champion uh, St. Louis Rams, and now you know now that we can expand, we can we can make that a world champion someday. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And of course, we've got the Germany game coming up in just a few weeks' time, thirteenth of November. Time of recording, it's one calendar month away. Tom Brady and his farewell tour. Is it, though? I don't know. But anyways, he'll be... <laughs> yeah. Unless unless a reporter scoops him on retirement again. Also, I just realized I absolutely called them the St. Louis Rams. That's how you know we're dealing with a little something over here. That is some hardcore fandom. By the way, the reason why there was no fantasy football podcast last week is because Andrew's been a little bit under the weather. Just and uh, you know, her, just what... You know. oh. Watching you on screen here, you know, you keep <laughs> your your glasses keep fogging up. I mean, this, ladies and gentlemen, this is going above and beyond. Andrew Jordan, he's feeling bad. Last week, he was so ill that he couldn't help you in week five, but he's dedicated to the cause to make sure that you've got your roster set for this week. Andrew, we applaud you, my man. 
I, you know, it takes a lot to get up here and sit in front of this microphone when you're not feeling well. Uh, but gosh darn it, I am doing it. I am doing it for the listeners. <laughs> right. Well, that's plenty of talk that isn't fantasy related. You have downloaded this uh, Transatlantic Sports Show podcast because you want your fantasy football advice. Hopefully you've hit subscribe. If you haven't, then please do. And then also tell your friends about us. We've seen numbers go up over the past couple of weeks. So if you're one of our new listeners who downloaded it because you're at one of the London games, welcome and thank you for coming back. And this, each week, we give you fantasy advice as well as other stuff on the Transatlantic Sports Show. And the fantasy advice that we give on here is the advice that, we are well aware that you've got your guys that you drafted high up, you know, your Justin Jefferson's of this world, Jamar Chase. Don't worry, Jamar Chase is going to get you points. That's absolutely fine. Christian McCaffrey's, they're locked, they're loaded. Forget about it. What we're doing is we're cherry picking those guys who are floating between your bench and your flex spot. Those points, you don't want to be the person with Gabe Davis on your bench with all those points. No, no, no. We would have told you about that. And we're going to tell you about the guys to go out and make sure that you have loaded up onto your rosters this week. And of course, we've got four teams on a bye. And some of those teams have got some heavy point scores. So again, Andrew, he scours the waiver wire just for you. So you can go out, pick up those studs and watch the dub column tally up. So... Andrew, no early games in as far as London is concerned, but plenty of games on the slate. Like I said, there are four teams on a bye, so there we're down two games this week. Of course, we've had the Thursday game. When I say we've had the Thursday game, a little insight. We are recording this Thursday evening, so it's just before the uh, Thursday night football. So, of course, we're not going to talk about the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears. But let's start, Andrew. Let's start with a team that's 3-2, and two, riding high in the AFC East with a couple of studs on the roster. <laughs> Breeze Hall, my man. I mean, I doubt he's going to be available on the waiver wire, but this is a guy that you set, you forget, and don't worry about Breeze Hall. However, Michael Carter, who... Got a couple of touchdowns, thanks to Brees Hall's amazing runs. Would you be confident with Michael Carter? Is it Brees Hall or bust? Well, I got to tell you, Brees Hall, like you said, absolutely. Set it and forget it. But Michael Carter has been doing some solid work here. He has two 17-point games, the Miami one and then the season, or op- the season opener uh, against the Ravens there, where he put up another 17 points there. Uh, with no touchdowns, I should say, as well. Um, I would say Michael Carter is a matchup-dependent RB2. Uh, anything with an implied higher total, you know, anything where we're talking north of, you know, 44 points, uh, I would say he's definitely worth a look if you need uh, a running back to kind of fill in. Something like this week where you're, you know, dealing with uh, the Lions, the Raiders, the Titans, and the Texans, that's... I mean, depending how you chop it up, that's between four to six running backs that are coming out of fantasy lineups. So a guy like Michael Carter can work out in a situation like this, especially against the Packers. We know this coaching staff wants to do as much as possible running the ball. 
Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker has taken a massive step on this offensive line, coming in being the run blocker everyone thought he would be. Uh, so we are seeing a team that really wants to approach this. Uh, you know, look, all these guys came from that 49ers staff. This is very classic 49ers football coming to New York here. So I would say Carter, dep- depending on the matchup and this week, I think he's got one of them. You can get him in your lineup as an RB2. But on the wide receiver front, you know, Corey Davis, Corey Davis is uh, looking pretty good. However, Elijah Moore, is it is it time now for those of us who would have, and I'm one of them, you know, I drafted Elijah Moore, probably picked him up, I don't know, maybe eighth, ninth round. He's been sat on my bench. He hasn't done anything and he doesn't appear to be doing anything. Is it time now to let him go, cut him loose? I think if you have a shallow bench in your league, anything with four or fewer spots, I think you're good to let go of Elijah Moore. Anything where you have something a little deeper, we hear about leagues that have six, seven guys riding the bench there. In deeper leagues like that, I would keep him in hopes that the offense evolves a little now with Zach Wilson at the helm. Obviously, the passing game hasn't really been on display these past few weeks and certainly to Moore's detriment uh, there. I will say the thing that I find most concerning is back-to-back games of just four targets. We knew this passing offense was going to be a work in progress, but we thought Moore was going to, you know, be putting up seven, eight targets a game. So shallow leagues, I can absolutely see releasing him, trying to find something better out on the waiver wire, you know, in the immediate deeper leagues, you have the luxury of being able to hold on to someone like that in hopes that they pop a little further down uh, on in the season. I'm going to ask you a question, uh, Andrew. So the, the Jets, they're 2-0 and in road games this season. 2-0 and on the road. That's pretty decent going uh, with those wins coming by a combined five points still. You know, they're 2-0 mm-hmm. and on the road. They're looking to start a season 3-0 and on the road for the first time since... Oh, boy. Uh, ooh. <laughs> Let's say 2003. <sighs> A little bit sooner than that, 2010, oh. when they started 5-0 and that season. There you go. Look at that. Yeah. So, I mean, on the road to the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers we saw up close and personal in London last week. It was kind of a game of two halves, as I said, in the post-game recap show, we will call it. That's what it's named. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they seem to struggle in the second half. They, they had the lead for a while, and then once it had gone, that was it. The Giants got the go-ahead and... Good night, Vienna, or good night, London. AJ Dillon was uh, a disappointment to say the least last week, as was Romeo Dubs. Romeo Dubs, we were talking him up just a couple of weeks ago. Anything changing your mind with those two? Uh, AJ Dillon, Romeo Dubs, disappointment in London. Is there anything that is, uh, you know, making you think, hey, let's not lose hope with them yet? There's still plenty in the tank. I mean, Romeo Dubs, I think the ceiling is is a lot higher. A.J. Dillon, just a disappointment all around. Yeah, A.J. Dillon has had some uh, politely disastrous uh, fantasy weeks lately for us. I mean, after such a solid start, you know, we, we can't forget, he put up 20 points in that first game against the Vikings there, where the Packers offense looked like it was in major trouble. He seemed to be one of the only things working for them. Uh, And ever since then, it has been single digit games. The closest he got was New England, where he got the touchdown to put himself over, but then had some ball security issues that really affected that. Um, But 
I will say, while A.J. Dillon may not be in starting lineups right now, he's definitely someone you want to hold on to, even in leagues where you have a shallow bench, because if a guy like Aaron Jones goes down for any reason, you know, picks up a little something like we just saw with DeAndre Swift and the Lions, with Jamal Williams stepping in, really, you know, becoming the guy that they focused on on the ground there. Didn't work out in that Patriots game, but uh, A.J. Dillon would be the guy uh, to really fully take over uh, that backfield Romeo Dobbs I think the issue was just you know not getting enough targets we saw he was really 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 good for us uh, in weeks three and four where he got eight targets in each of those games caught 100% of those targets against Tampa Bay and then against New England got five out of eight there for 47 yards got the score to help lift his day up over double digit fantasy points I think Dobbs is still firmly in the flex discussion I think it's totally fine he's gonna have a clunker here and there while he and Aaron Rodgers figure out the you know little intricacies the timing all the issues that you know we saw them have to hurdle in those first few games that just Rodgers isn't used to throwing to people without having Devontae Adams as his steady guy that he can kind of you know build a rhythm with now he doesn't have that but it seems like Dobbs in the games where the offense is most effective Romeo Dobbs is the new Devontae Adams for that offense. So I would say hold on to him because when they're doing well, they're involving him. And it's only going to take so long for them to figure out how to do that consistently in Green Bay. Yeah, I kept a close eye on him throughout the game uh, last week. Aaron Rodgers, what do you do with him? You know, he's passed for fewer than 300 yards in nine straight games now. It's dating back, to, obviously, to last season. It's the third longest streak of his career, with the longest being 12 games which spanned the 2015 and 2016 seasons. But right now, nine straight games for fewer than 300 yards. And look, we talk about this all the time. This is why streaming quarterbacks has become such an effective thing because you will have guys like Aaron Rodgers go through not just cold spells, but he's really affected by this, you know, incredible drop-off. He had a Hall of Fame or a future Hall of Fame receiver leave him. So we're now dealing with, the fallout from all of that and you know there weren't this this wasn't you know losing uh you know a guy and having a really great two step up and 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 become the one there um but look we we talk about it there are guys like geno smith out there who is still available in about 30 to 40 percent of leagues if you need a streaming quarterback geno's been doing amazing don't pay attention to pete carroll saying drew lock is nipping at his heels geno smith is playing some of the best football of his career and Honestly, some of the best football a Seahawks quarterback has played in about a season and a half. So uh, there's a guy you could go and get. Uh, if anyone has dropped him for whatever reason, if Tua is still out there, I know he's not playing this week, but if you have the space for him, this is a guy who's going to return to the lineup, still throwing to Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. He's definitely someone that you know demands a look, especially after what he did uh, in in that Baltimore game uh, in in week two, almost hitting 500 yards and had six touchdowns there. Uh, but there's there's enough that I would say right now you don't have to stick yourself with Aaron Rodgers, who right now is I believe quarterback 20 on the season right now in fantasy points. He may even be lower than that. Um, th- there's just no need to ride that hand there uh, because you can find much 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 better options out there even if you're just playing weekly matchups 
just goes to show how good Tom Brady is, you know, at the age of 45, and he's still doing what he's doing. And you look at the total passing yards and touchdowns that Brady threw last year at the age of 44. And I, I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is regressing by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, he's at his main weapon taken away from him but you know brady moved he moved uh franchises you know he was with the, the patriots for 20 years and then went to a whole new system it took him a bit of time that season to uh, get adjusted but still for him to uh, achieve what he's achieved at his age i mean it just shows why he's uh regarded as the goat by the way i know we're talking about michael carter i mean you look at we see it we saw it before our very eyes at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last week, but this Packers defense struggles against the run. Really bad. I mean, one of my tips last week was Saquon Barkley uh, to rush for over 77.5 yards. He got to 70. Obviously, he went out injured for a stretch of that game with his shoulder injury. He would have topped that if he hadn't uh, have gone off. He came back on the field and saw out the uh, end of the game. But... um yeah, I mean, this Packers defense can be got at, which is, I guess, is a, is a concern. But if you've got running backs coming up against the Packers, then, as we say, smoke them if you got them. Cincinnati Bengals coming up against the New Orleans Saints. Taysom Hill. I mean, tight end, what is he? Tight end three now? I mean, 40-odd points last <laughs> week? My yeah. goodness. Yeah, and look, it's an odd thing, you know, these Taysom Hill splash games, when they hit, you know, if you happen to be starting him that week, you have really done amazing. I mean, look, he got onto the scene in that first game against Atlanta and put up 15 points, then followed it up with 1.4 points. So we, we are going to run into little things here where, you know, you have the game that Taysom is not involved in. Um, but I will say, I think the writing was on the wall, maybe not for the exact type of game he had last week, but with so many people out with Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, uh, not being able to suit up for that game, uh, you know, having to deal with all that, you assume when they have to look for more playmakers, Taysom Hill is going to be a guy they're looking at. So I would pay attention to how Thomas Landry and Alave are doing uh, heading into Sunday, because if two out of the three of them are still out, Taysom Hill, who is also carrying a questionable designation, but should be fine to suit up, he might be called on a little more to do some rushing work out there. With the Cincinnati Bengals, are you concerned at all by Joe Mixon and his uh, his lack of production so far this season? So I will say Mixon has been a very interesting case here. Um, we get a lot of people in different fantasy sites talking about something called expected fantasy points. And everybody has their own particular ways of calculating it and figuring out. But Mixon started popping up about two, three weeks ago uh, on a lot of guys' radars. This is a guy who should have four things like down and distance, how he's typically used. He was a guy that was falling well below his expected fantasy output. And you can chalk a lot of that up to just, you know, plain old bad luck. But I will say, we talk about guys like Mixon that you're drafting basically to be an RB1. When you know they're going to have down weeks, everything outside of the Jets week was more or less what you want out of an RB1 having a bad spell. He's still hitting double-digit points. He's not absolutely bottoming out your team, again, outside of week three. Uh, and we definitely have something to look at in terms of 
a sign of confidence that this team has in him. The game against Miami, getting 24 carries there uh, against Baltimore, another 14 carries and three receptions there. So they are still trying to find ways to get him the ball. We obviously know uh, a, a lot of what's going on uh, right now with this offense. We've heard the coaching staff in Cincinnati say, well, we're preparing for certain scenarios. And then when we get in those scenarios in game, the defense is giving us not just a different look, but a completely different look than we're expecting. So some of this is the Bengals coaching staff just having to tighten up things a little more as the season goes on, as they get into some divisional games. I'm sure that will help as well. Um, you know, the, the, the Pittsburgh game, uh, for them was a a big one. And obviously the Baltimore one, getting to see familiar opponents, guys who are trying to put in new wrinkles, but you've maybe studied them. This team, this staff has studied a lot of these guys for enough that you know even the little wrinkles they may throw at you. So Mixon is a guy that if you don't have him, I would say if you think maybe the guy that currently rosters Joe Mixon might be a little nervous about his level of production, Go out and get him because there are going to be greener pastures ahead. You My may be goodness. able to get him for an RB2 price. Whoa, what a tip. Go on. You go out there and you do that. And then you can send, I don't know, send a crit of beer to Andrew for Christmas, uh, especially if uh, if that tip helps you. Look, I, I know we, we try to keep everything within uh, half an hour with this. So we'll, we'll move on very swiftly. We've, we've touched on a, a couple of games there. But, uh, you know, this, the whole point of our uh, fantasy football program is to help you make those decisions between the bench and that flex spot or maybe the RB2 wide receiver two spots. Andrew, I've just got to touch on this. This is a little gem. I've been desperate to share this with you. I mean, Tevin Coleman, my goodness, he is available out there on the waiver wire. I, I'd mm -hmm. like to get your take on this and as to whether, you know, with four teams on a bye and uh, Damian Pierce being one of those on the uh, on the Texans, and if you've been riding on the uh, Damian Pierce train, you might be thinking, okay, well, what do I do now because I haven't got the roster spot at running back. I mean, Tevin Coleman, he's going back to the Atlanta Falcons with the San Francisco 49ers. He scored two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and one receiving touchdown last week. After that receiving touchdown, Tevin Coleman has now caught 13 career touchdown catches. Caught 13 career touchdowns? You get my drift. On 131 receptions. Among active running backs with at least 100 catches, Tevin Coleman has the highest TD to reception ratio, 9.92% in the NFL. I, I, I love this. What a stat. What an incredible thing. And, you know, Coleman used to, when he was with Atlanta, he got labeled as the receiving back there. And then I think a lot of people started to push back on that and say, you know, he's not even a change of pace guy. He just comes in. He's fresh legs to keep the steady pace. It's a lot of debate about Tevin Coleman. This is four or five years ago now. This is how this is how fantasy has affected my brain. Um, but hearing a stat like that, I mean, my goodness, what a what 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 an incredible little look at things. What a beautiful insight. And with that, we can roll on. But like I said, if you've got somebody like uh, Damien Pierce or, uh, you know, one of your guys is out on a bye this week at, at running back, anybody out there that we can take a look at? Uh, like we said, you know, Breeze Hall is not going to be available, but, you know, maybe some guys still floating around. 
out in the waiver wire or some plays that, that you like. Maybe they're guys who are on our bench, as we've been saying. The whole point of this is to help you make those right decisions. Who are those uh, RBs out there that uh, caught your eye in week six? Yeah, exactly. And look, the biggest name, I, I just want to get this out of the way quick because I was still shocked to find that he's available in about 20 to 25% of leagues, depending on your hosting site. Kenneth Walker is going to be the Seahawks running back in charge of that backfield with Rashad Penny out. It is unfortunate because Penny was putting up a great start to the season. Uh, now an injury is likely going to keep him out for the rest of the season. Ken Walker the third, uh, again, 20, 25% available. If you are in one of those leagues, snatch him up immediately. Uh, but Beyond there, I mean, I know there's a lot of different things that we're all trying to put up with here. I would say Eno Benjamin would probably be the guy I'm looking at first. Um, and this is for the, uh, I, I should introduce him properly. Eno Benjamin for the Arizona Cardinals would probably be my first priority if I'm going around and looking at running backs on the waiver wire here. Um, I know a lot of guys are going to talk about Deion Jackson, but Jonathan Taylor just got in his first complete practice, uh, still carrying a questionable tag. I would assume if that probable tag was still around, uh, you know, I, I would assume uh, that Jonathan Taylor would be probable at this point here. Um, but Eno Benjamin with James Conner dealing with a little bit of an injury here, uh, eight for 25 and a score on the ground last week, three catches for 28 yards. It's not, eye-popping numbers but 14 fantasy points out of someone you can still get who's available in over 70 percent of leagues uh that is definitely something you can be happy to walk away with the seahawks are currently allowing the third most points to opposing fantasy running backs so you have everything kind of lining up for a very good eno benjamin week uh and again for a guy that is so widely available uh, i think you got to pounce on that Pierre Strong and Joshua Kelly are two names I'm not going to say no one is talking about, but I'm not hearing as strongly as a lot of other people here with Damian Harris fighting off an injury. This is obviously the Ramondre Stevenson show, but don't be shocked if Pierre Strong shows out pretty well. Look, the rookie for the Patriots, I know we we talk a lot about how uh, Bill Belichick doesn't always trust his rookie running backs as much as the fantasy community wants him to. I don't think Strong necessarily breaks that rule, but I think he has enough pop in what he does on the field that he may be able to get himself into a little more work uh, so that maybe when Damian Harris is back, we have a few more questions about what's going to happen in this backfield. Uh, and Kelly there after, you know, having a little bit of an impressive week. Certainly no one would have started him uh, on that Chargers team with Austin Eckler fully healthy. But I think especially if you are an Eckler uh, 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 person who has him on your team, Kelly is definitely worth it. Not just for the occasional work uh, spelling Austin Eckler, but Kelly's worth it because if anything were to happen to Eckler, he would be the guy that is taking over there. Uh, I know Sony Michelle may get the buzz, but Joshua Kelly right now at this moment is the more impressive football player. And hopefully, you know, we had somebody reach out to us uh, watching brief at R underscore R underscore TJA last week. And he's, uh, well, was 4-0 in three of his leagues. And I'd like to know how you are after five games now. But um, he's got a, he had Harris and Penny go out. So he's saying about how stressful it's been. Uh, and, and said to you as well, like, how, how you can cope, Andrew, with 10 leagues. 10 leagues, my goodness. 
yeah 10 10 is a fair amount look i from 12 to 1 is basically just set aside for last minute lineup checks on everything um it's look it's it's a lot but uh eight of those i think i i had tweeted about this uh eight of those are dynasty leagues uh and those your lineups tend to stay a little more similar it's it's a lot of just like flex budging around and and i don't have to worry about as much um but it it is it is fun if you know you're you're also doing this a little bit for work it definitely makes it easier i could not imagine doing this casually man yeah i think i'm in so many leagues because of work and you know i like the competition it's great and you know around draft time as well i'm in a dynasty league um it's a 16 team league with only i think four bench spots which is pretty brutal but i am pleased to say you know i drafted uh drake london in that and i've got romeo dubs so yeah i'm invested in the future but uh yeah i mean last week well the past two weeks at the london games i've been sat there in the fourth quarter thinking oh man okay who's out what's my roster <laughs> and having to uh, <laughs> set so missing all the action going on in front of me because i'm setting up my fantasy rosters but <laughs> there we are look if if uh like uh watching brief um watching brief i mean let us know your name it'd be great that's r underscore r underscore tja thank you so much for reaching out um like he did if you want to reach out with any fancy questions throughout the week so he reached out, sent, uh, tagged you in on uh, on Monday, uh, Andrew. And mm-hmm. so just like he did, we will be more than happy to offer you the fantasy advice. So please, yeah, reach out. Tag us at T-A-S-S underscore UK. And this man here, Andrew Jordan, at the underscore A-T-J. So we've helped out with uh, running back options. I mean, I always do this. I always start when we go through a couple of games and I'm like, oh my goodness, we've got to wrap this up within uh, 30 minutes. We've gone over 30 minutes. So at least we covered two games there and we touched on <laughs> the 49ers briefly. But people want to know, well, you haven't talked about the wide receivers or tight ends. Well, fear not. We're going to talk streamable tight ends in just a moment. But wide receivers, Andrew, those guys, who's who's out there to give us a point? Is Corey Davis a play? I mean, I know I mentioned him earlier. I know we talked about the Jets, but uh, I quite like him. Eh? He's, uh, he's, he's giving me hope. Yeah, and he's a guy that I think maybe gets in over Elijah Moore for a lot of lineups here. Uh, the past couple weeks were kind of up and down. We got the full Corey Davis experience, 18 points against Pittsburgh, came back for a, a tidy 5.8 against Miami there uh, in, in a game that the Jets just dominated on the ground. Um, against the Packers here, it, it all depends upon how much you know the Packers are going to do. Because right now, for the wide receiver position, they're actually locking things down pretty well. They are the they are allowing the eleventh fewest points to opposing wide receivers, so they are in the top half of the league. There, uh, Corey Davis probably just ekes himself out of the flex conversation because of that. But a guy that I think we should all be talking about a little more, especially with the matchup coming up, is Marquez Valdez Scantling, who. Look, found himself making some big plays in uh, the game against the Raiders there, set up a couple of those Travis Kelsey touchdowns uh, through some long gains, got himself 15 fantasy points. And now Kansas City goes on to take on Buffalo, where we know there are going to be, as you say, points aplenty. 
Uh, and I think Scantling, who is still available in about 50% of leagues, 50 to 55, should be a guy not only that you go out and pick up, but I would say he belongs in lineups. Some people may look and say, Andrew, you know, Buffalo is allowing the sixth fewest points. You just said Corey Davis isn't in because of how well the Packers are playing opposing wide receivers. And yet we're supposed to trust MVS to do the same against a stiffer matchup. And while you're right, they have not run into a team quite like Kansas City. Of course, there are no teams really outside of Buffalo itself that are like Kansas City. But Pittsburgh just had over 200 yards to its wide receivers on 17 catches. That was with Kenny Pickett under center as well. So you got to adjust and say, I think KC is going to put up a few more points than that. So MVS would be a guy that I think should be in your fantasy lineups this week. You say MVS, I say MV, yes. Get him in your roster. Any other wide receivers out there that you uh, you fancy is pretty good pickups and plays this week? Because, you know, you got your Amon Ross, Sim Brown. You haven't got him this week, although last week, you know, let's not talk about Amon Ross, Sim Brown last week. He was coming off an injury. Let him have this bye to uh, rest up and recover. But, uh, yeah, you know, any other guys out there who are pretty good options? I got a name here that I'm so happy to talk about because this guy has done really well when called upon and for some reason just didn't have a chance with an exciting new coaching staff and a a really almost revamped offense here. And this is a guy that's available in anywhere from 95 to 99% of leagues. I'm talking about Darius Slayton for the New York Giants here. Look, the guy stepped up. Injuries have really taken out that almost entire wide receiver room Sterling Shepard and Colin Johnson are on the injured reserve Kadarius Tony uh Kenny Galladay and Wandell Robinson have all been dealing with various different issues you know from whatever Kenny Galladay has going on now uh in addition to the injury and Slayton really stepped up over that last week uh six catches for 79 yards on seven targets out there in London uh 13 fantasy points there and honestly i think he's going to be called on again to sort of work as the giants mm, do we want to say number one number two uh but honestly that's a guy who is so available that i think you should be able to go out and get him if you are in deeper leagues here uh rondell moore basically replaces greg dorch as the sort of uh gadget underneath guy that the cardinals are using to gain big chunk plays i don't know uh for the longevity of this play because we do have uh deandre hopkins coming back zay jones obviously has a good connection with trevor lawrence there who seems to be going through some growing pains uh out there in jacksonville uh khalil shakir would be the other deep name that I have again, these this is for deep league, someone 14, 16 teams. You need an extra guy. Khalil Shakir coming up, getting some uh some of those Isaiah McKenzie looks and and turning them into some fantasy goodness there. Uh he's definitely a guy in deeper leagues. And for a more shallow option, I have Devin Duvernay and Jacoby Myers, both of whom uh have different things going for them. Myers was just out for a couple of games, so there is a chance that someone who had rostered him to start the season may have dropped him in a pinch if they needed to pick someone up. Uh, I definitely think he's someone who can be in the flex conversation weekly. And with Duvernay, it's all about Rashad Bateman. 
Can Bateman uh, actually get back onto the field for the Baltimore Ravens? If not, Duvernay is going to work as their sort of de facto number one. Right now, he's actually leading the Ravens in fantasy points. The I should say the, Ra- the Ravens wide receiver room in fantasy points uh, and has put up double digit points in all but one game, the game against Buffalo, where he only had nine points there. Uh, so Devin Duvernay is someone I think we may look at at the back end of the season as underappreciated and right now is available in around 70% of leagues. So those are some names that should be widely available that, have a pretty decent chance to change some fantasy tides. Absolutely love it. And that's why you download the Transatlantic Sports Show for the advice there that you got from Andrew Jordan. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at the underscore ATJ. Streamable tight ends, because if you haven't got uh, Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, then you are struggling. (laughs) I would say, by the way, Fear not with uh, George Kittle. I think, you know, he's been he, at the start of the season, he was out with injury, and you could say, you could tell that he's been working his way back. He's getting the targets. Mm-hmm. You look at the opening drive last week with the San Francisco 49ers in that win in Carolina. I think the touchdowns are coming the week before. If his foot hadn't gone out of bounds in the end zone, that would have been a touchdown. And then, you know, you're talking about a decent haul from a a fancy point perspective. So I think that is to come, but uh, streamable tight ends, uh, Andrew, who, who are you looking at this week? And I guess you can't say David Njoku because people who would have picked (laughs) him up on the waiver wire a few weeks ago, they they're setting and forgetting that guy. He is uh, locked and loaded. Exactly. They got him. He is there. He is, he is just a wide receiver that we call a tight end for fantasy. Um, and also before just before that, I will say uh, the Falcons allowing the fourth most points to opposing tight end. So, yes, George Kittle definitely has things looking in his direction. If you have to fill uh, late for a tight end here, we can start. The most available name is probably going to be Will Disley, uh, who is definitely a guy who, if he does not get into the end zone, is going to be not great for your fantasy team. Uh, however... Uh, He is the most available guy right behind that though, is Hayden Hurst, who if T Higgins for any reason can't make it into this game here, I think Hayden Hurst is probably the tight end you want to look at there would then become the sort of fourth option in the passing game behind Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase uh, and Joe Mixon there. Uh, But Evan Ingram is another one I'm looking at. I I I am weirdly still trying to, Uh, get as many contributors off of that Jacksonville offense as possible, despite what my eyes tell me. Uh, But Evan Ingram is still looking pretty good. A good matchup against the Colts, uh, currently letting up the sixth most points to opposing tight ends there. Uh, And Ingram coming off a 10-target game against the Houston Texans that he turned into six for 69. Scoreless yards there. Um, But yeah, the, 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 the Colts have just, not been great the oj howard game with the two scores was against the colts in week one there uh and then ingram actually has already played them uh and in week two uh where they already had their first uh look at a divisional matchup and he got eight targets went seven for 46 there again scoreless yards but put up 11 points so i would say a familiar matchup and everything means evan ingram is probably the tight end i am looking at this week the Jags, by the way, in their last two meetings with the Indianapolis Colts have won by at least 
15 points. So the Jags know how to beat the Colts and they shut out the Colts in that 24, nothing game in week three, sorry, week two, like you mentioned, they've shut out the Colts three times since 2017. Haven't shut out another team in the NFL since 2006. <laughs> oh man. See, the fantasy advice is, is is definitely one part and you know that's that's absolutely wonderful i love the people listen to me the stats here are so tremendous it true like information i'm not finding anywhere else it's, <laughs> it's just wonderful trevor lawrence has thrown more interceptions than he has touchdowns he's thrown 21 interceptions 20 touchdowns expect him to want to turn that around and i think he's going to be working mm-hmm. Close in hand with Doug Peterson, as we mentioned, Doug Peterson being a former, a former quarterback himself. And uh, yeah, you know, he knows how to work with QB. So I think Trevor Lawrence uh, is going to be all right. And I think some of those plays from the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be just fine as well. So, Andrew, that's another week. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, you know, look, I, I we talked about at the beginning of the show how I wasn't feeling good last week. I felt myself get more healthy as we got through this episode here, just getting to talk fantasy with you. Uh, between that and uh, Grogu here, I, I, I believe I am healed. The healing powers of Grogu, yes. And you, your glasses have become less misty as the show's gone on, which is impressive stuff, man. Clear as a brand new window. <laughs> love it right so i mean are you guys gearing up for halloween over there is it uh getting yeah, yeah. i now? have uh i have strung some of the lights outside already uh you Very know nice. helping do, do doing my part to add ambiance to the neighborhood uh there there is a candy bucket right now that i will admit my girlfriend and i are mostly just picking out occasionally ourselves look nothing wrong with taking a little mini hershey bar on the way out as you're heading to work um Absolutely. but then, you know 7 a.m we we will be making sure you know to uh be maybe not the spookiest house on the block but to definitely add to some of it very good very good i uh dressed up as a jedi knight a couple of years ago i've still got the cape so you never know i will see we'll see what happens it's on a monday this year which is a a little bit disappointing so over here we have uh mm-hmm. half term so the the week before the kids are off for the week for uh for a holiday and then it's the monday they're back at school and it's uh trick-or-treat night but there you go it falls the day after the final NFL London game between the Broncos and the Jags. There you go. The aforementioned. That's what I was just Jaguars. thinking. Of. Yeah, that is that is a a, a a nice little respite, a little holiday, right? Uh, to to punctuate the the end of the London series. <laughs> yes, indeed. Look, uh, as always, thanks again, and of course, follow Andrew on social media. He is at the underscore atj. I am at ar Wooten. And uh, yeah, I mean, we love sharing fantasy advice and a whole lot of other stuff. And uh, Andrew's football team, uh, I'll give you a, a second here to guess. Guess what his uh, soccer football team is? <laughs> nope, nope, you're wrong. Nope. It's in La Liga. They're up in the north. Athletic Club, Athletic Bill Bow. How are they doing this year, man? I, you know, I have, funny enough, so this has been my uh, little uh thing here is we do our show we record it's wonderful and then i go make myself some lunch and i watch an athletic club game uh the 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 last one i caught was the uh beatdown uh against el che so now (laughs) i i am excited to see what's next i have kept myself out of checking the standings so i can enjoy every game as its own unique experience that is perfect. You look, my team blackburn rovers they're they're still up there they they had the chance to go joint top in the championship the other night but they failed. They have this uh, thing. They they they're all in. 
Blackburn this season. They either win or they lose. They've won seven, they've lost seven. They haven't drawn any. They're the perfect American sports team. You know, yeah. you guys hate a tie, so do Blackburn <laughs> Rovers. So, you know, it's it's one or the other. They could have gone joint up on uh, Tuesday, but that's fine. You know, we write that off. We move on to uh, on to Saturday. But great, great that you like these these teams. That you know, they're not favorites. You, know, you can you can have your Erling Haaland's and Manchester Cities and PSGs and Messies and all that. It's about the proper, you know, the the gritty stuff. That's why you're a Jets fan. Give me, yeah, give me a scrappy team with like a, you know, a good a good mid who's doing a lot of work for his team. You know, that's that's what I like. Amen to that. Right. Well, thanks again for listening. And make sure you subscribe to the Transatlantic Sports Show with your podcast provider. Coming up early next week, we'll have Andrew Gamble, the author of The Special Relationship. Finally, he is joining us on the show. It is a book that was published just last month looking at the history of American football in London. And because we're in the middle of the London games, it just seems uh, an opportune moment for us to take a look back at some of those London games. Uh, so yeah, delighted to have Andrew Gamble. He's a member of the NFL Writers Network with me. Uh, we uh, team up with NFL UK each month and discuss all things NFL. And then of course, later next week, we will have your fancy advice with this guru here, our man, Andrew Jordan, looking ahead to week seven. Where is the time going? We'll be looking ahead to the Super Bowl before you know it. All right. Well, until next time, be lucky. Be lucky.